Hey guys, welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, this week's episode is so good. I chat with a best-selling Amazon author. Her name's Mira Coltan, and we have such a fun time talking. Um, if you've ever wondered about self-publishing, like the ins and outs of it, how to get started, if it's worth it, all of those things, we chat about that. Um, she sold over 70,000 copies, and um, she just has so much awesome information to share. So, and her strategies as well as marketing those books, um, which she kind of takes an approach of, you know, the lead magnets that we all have, like free download, freebies, all that, and puts them onto Amazon and actually makes a passive income from that. And then she discusses her strategy of what she does after that first touch on Amazon. So it's super awesome. Um, so grab a glass and let's chat. Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. I'm super excited to introduce my guest this week. Her name's Mira Coldhand, and she is a three-time Amazon best-selling author. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, and what time is it for you right now? Oh, it is 7 a.m., but but I'm good. I'm awake. Yeah. <laughs> I have my coffee with me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. And where are you located? I'm in Singapore. So I always tell my audience if they see me, uh, if they listen to me on a podcast or they see me on a video, it's usually like 10 p.m. or early in the morning. Right. <laughs> but oh, I'm used to it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, you're my first uh, guest from Singapore. So that is exciting. That's great. Awesome. Well, yeah. well, isn't it? It is. I mean, yes. Thank goodness for the internet. Like Now we can all talk at all times of the day. <laughs> Um, well, awesome. Before we dive into like self-publishing, and I know you've got some awesome tips to share, like, can you give us a little bit of background and how you got to what you're doing today and, you know, just kind of your journey? Sure. So I got into this pretty much by um, accident. And um, this is something that I've, I've shared with my audience before as well, in, is that I'm the last person who should ever have become an entrepreneur the type of background I was from, uh, the type of family I grew up in, we were very traditional in the sense that, you know, you went to college, you got your degree, then you go find a job. So this is this was definitely not a part of the plan. Um, I actually took a break um, from work. I was doing international relations. I was doing marketing in corporate. And um, I had my daughter. I was on maternity leave and um, was a year in. And I, I had plans of, you know, going back to work after that. But uh, I had... I, I had kind of like a health scare. I went for a checkup and um, they found a couple of things. I had to go get surgery. So I was at home and I was like, okay, my plans are just kind of just gone poof. So what do I do right now? And right. That's, yeah. So that's when I realized, okay, why not try this? And I was reading up about blogging and I've always had this interest in marketing. I mean, it, it kind of spills over from corporate, but I really mm -hmm. wanted to dive deeper into it. And um 
So a blog was really kind of like the spark. So I started writing it. My audience kind of grew organically from there. And then after that, the books and then the digital programs and all of that came in. So it was really by accident um, because of that health scare. And it just got into this completely new path. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's crazy. I mean, it's crazy how things just, you know, we think we're going one way and then abruptly things change, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. And I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm like the baby of five and we all went to college and got jobs. And like, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur either. Nobody in my family ever was, you know, it was just like, you go get a job and you work forever until you retire. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you see, it's great that you had that realization that you didn't want to do it. Like for me, that was, I didn't even have that. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. You didn't yeah. really have a choice, huh? <laughs> yeah, correct. So it was like, I had like no self-awareness at all. Like I, I didn't even think that what that could be possible. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, so how did you like, did you just decide you wanted to kind of self-publish? Like I feel I talk to a lot of business owners and, you know, we see a lot of things online about self-publishing and it's easy and, you know, get started. But I feel like there's still like a few things, like it seems like there's confusion around it. So how did you kind of, you know, get into self-publishing and using that in your strategy? Yeah. So for me, um, it, it wasn't some, it was, it wasn't the first thing that I took to. So I was creating um, like my, uh, I was creating courses. That was like the first thing I did. Mm -hmm. So there were people joining my programs and stuff like that. And um, my favorite medium of choice is always the written word. So I always love blogging versus doing video, for instance. And um, I was hearing a lot about, yeah. So I was hearing a lot about self-publishing and um, there are lots of different reasons to go into self-publishing and I'll talk a little bit about that. But for me, the main thing was I wanted to create a separate revenue stream that was out of my site that didn't really rely on traffic to my site, people finding, going through my emails and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is how you sell your programs, your digital programs, your, your courses and all of that. And, and I wanted to create something that was out of it. So that was my main goal of going to self-publishing. I wanted to try and see if I could create Um, a separate revenue stream specifically because Amazon is just huge marketplace and people Mm -hmm. who are coming there are looking for things to buy. And um, if you do things right, Amazon does send you traffic to your, like, you know, your books or your products that you put up there. Um, So that was my goal. That was what I wanted to do. And um, a lot of people have kind of seen me do this and they were, they're thinking about exploring this for themselves. And when they asked me, the first thing I always say is be very clear about why you're going into it because there are people who self-publish because they just want to build authority. Like let's say they go out for a networking event and then they want to have copies of their books to give away. Mm -hmm. And that's a perfectly fine strategy to have. But if you're thinking about building a separate revenue stream from um, self-publishing, then it's a whole other thing because you need to obviously pump in a little bit of money for ads, you need to invest in like an editor and getting a, a proper cover design um, and um, doing it in the right way. But if mm-hmm. it's just a book that you want to use for networking, you want to use to build credibility, to send your clients a copy, then it, the strategies would differ because you don't have to, I guess, invest as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so it really depends on what you're what you want out of it and why you're going into it. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so smart that you created a passive stream of income that is, you know, kind of off your site, totally separate like that. I I love the idea of that. Um, 
yeah, I, I think it's such a smart strategy, even for business owners. And I feel like a lot of times too, we might feel like we don't have anything to write about. You know what I mean? Do you ever hear people say that? Like, I don't even know what I'd write about, but I feel like we're so full of ideas, but for whatever reason, we have an issue bringing them to our brain. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've I've heard that lots of times. Actually, I've I've felt that as well. And um, it, it's for me. I'm not the I'm not the person who's bursting with ideas. So I need structure before I actually even create ideas. I'm not. It it just doesn't come easily to me as well. So mm-hmm. what helps for me is to know very clearly the the different buckets or categories of topics that I want to talk about. Like what types of conversations do I want to be a part of and what do I want to share with my audience? Because there's so many things we can talk about, right? I mean, like we are both in marketing, but within marketing itself, it's like an entire world. You can talk about ads, you can talk about SEO, so many things, but we don't really want to invest our time and energy and focus on everything. There are some topics that are closer to our hearts. Like for me, Email is one of them. Digital products is one of them. But for others, it might be for maybe Instagram or it might be SEO. So once you decide that, okay, these are the things that I want to be a part of. I want to contribute to the conversations that are out there. Then you can, it'll kind of get easier to brainstorm for ideas when it comes to books. And uh, when it's self-publishing, you don't really need like a 50,000 word book mm-hmm. I think that's where people get it wrong if it's something like 15 20,000 words that's good enough for a self-published book mm-hmm. um, you know if you're writing we are writing non-fiction any, anything of that sort short reads that's what your audience are looking for they, they're looking for things that are like really actionable that they can read and then take away and then do something about it yeah, yeah I, I love that and so is that where you would have people start like in the process of some like say somebody's listening they're like okay I'm gonna publish I'm gonna self-publish like they need to get clear on their what they want to talk about yeah so the first thing I would suggest is be very specific about why you're going into self-publishing if mm-hmm. it's for revenue stream is it for just you know for building building authority what exactly is that so once you you get clear on that then yes think about um what are the different topics that you want to talk about? I think one mistake I did when I started out was that I didn't really have a plan of, okay, this book would be first. This could be my second or third one because I didn't really know it was going to take off at all. Right. So when I put my first book out there, the one hour content plan, um, it was really like a test a test run. And um, so I didn't have a plan for how my books could be arranged because one, if you have that plan, you can even think about like series, you know, this is yeah. series one, two or three, um, or, or this is part of this bundle. You there are so many things you could do. So I didn't really have that strategy. Um, and, um, but if, if you have some kind of an idea and you know, you want to be in this for the, the long term, then, you could actually have all of these plans. You could think about, okay, I want to talk about this topic and this and plan out your schedule. Like if it's an entire year, do you want to publish twice a year, once a year? What exactly is just publishing schedule that helps as well? So these are the types of questions that you want to be asking yourself before diving into it because it helps um, long-term. That makes total sense. Yeah, because and I feel like in anything really, like a little bit of planning really goes a long way, whether you don't have it, you know, every single detail written down, but just kind of wrapping your head around the overall picture and putting some things down on paper, like that just seems to help so much. Yeah, and I think that we are afraid of sitting with questions when we don't have the immediate answers. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's unsettling when you have a question and you, you don't really know what it is because it does take some exploration into figuring out, 
and digging, kind of really digging deep into, do I like this? Do I not? Um, and um, I mean, I face this as well, and 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 I'm sure you have with with your clients and every and everyone else. Um, we are just kind of afraid to sit with the unknown, but it, it does help, and it does help with planning out your your strategy for the longer term. Awesome. So, did you have like a certain like I'd write 20 minutes a day or an hour a day, or did it vary, or did you have anything that rigid? Or and I'm, I would think this goes with you know different people's personalities of what works for them. But do you Correct. know any? Yeah, any common ways of doing that so for me what works really is um kind of like having a sprint so when i know that i have i want to publish a book let's say in april or march for instance and um for me it roughly takes like three months Mm -hmm. um from um, like kind of like my experience from the previous uh, times i've published so from like the complete zero like sub-zero no draft to getting it to an editor would be like three months. But there are lots of people who do it within a month. I have no idea wow. how they do it, but that that's amazing. Fast. I mean, I wish I could do it that fast, but I, I just can't because sometimes I just need to sit with the idea and let it right. marinate for a little bit. Um, and um, for me, I like to do sprints. So I would try and block out like maybe two weeks on my calendar where I would just work on the book mm-hmm. and um and then once that is the first draft is done, then I would go back, edit it myself before I feel that it's shippable enough to like my editor. Mm-hmm. So this is what works for me um, because what I feel is, you know, sometimes when I like write a chapter and then I go back to doing something else or I go back to working in another specific part of my business and I come back to it, it's really hard to get back in the groove. Yeah. I've just kind of lost my train of thought and um, it takes me some time to actually get back into the book. So I, I've, what helps for me is really sprinting, batching, whatever you call it, just doing it, just two weeks, um, getting that dirty, rough, uh, dirty, dirty rough, rough draft out. And then after that, you can kind of take your time with the editing and all of that. Nice. But for well, others, okay. yeah, exactly. But for others, blocking out 30 minutes a day, that works. Um, somehow it just doesn't for me. Yeah, totally. Um, and so how did you go about finding like an editor and, you know, like cover art, all of that stuff, you know, because I think two people are like, well, I don't know where to go find those resources. The first thing that comes to my mind is like Fiverr, but I don't know if you went that route or you, you know, just went someone you knew or referral, something like that. Yeah, there's so many options out there, Nicole. I mean, yeah, Fiverr is a great place. Um, you can get really good cover art for like less than $50. Yeah. Um, you could tr- you could try 99 designs. Um, mm. And um, the, the, yeah, like editors, I've tried a few before I, you know, like settle on one person. Uh, these are really people who reached out to me. Uh, they were like people, my audience, and then they they reached out to me and offered, offered their services. So that's oh. how I got to know them. But um, there are really great resources out there, like Fiverr, we spoke about that. Another one is called Readsy, R-E-E-D-S-Y. And that's really a place where um, authors can connect with lots of these other service providers. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's another resource. And just one thing I wanted to add, since we're talking about self-publishing, when you decide to put a book out there, always think about how you are going to get those people back into your brand ecosystem or your home base, which is your email list. I think that's a connection that a lot of people miss out on. And I've had so many people write to me, like, let's say they, 
you know, they, they submit a product in a, like a bundle or something, or, mm-hmm. or they published a book and they're like, okay, there's this opportunity, but I don't know. I, I, I forgot to kind of have a way for them to get back and find me. So that is a huge kind of like a loss because you spend all of this time and effort putting it out there. And um, if people can't find their way back to you, then it's, it's a wasted opportunity. So every book that I have, I always think about from the book, how do I get them back to my email? So this could be via a free resource, mm-hmm. um, an additional video, or anything to perhaps help them kind of implement the stuff that you're talking about in the book. So once you send them to that landing page, get them onto your email list, you can nurture them even more. And then you can kind of introduce them to maybe your coaching or your other digital products. So there are the the relationship kind of continues and it doesn't stop at Amazon. And people have this misconception that Amazon is going to show up on your door and give you a list of all the people who purchase. Right. That is absolutely not true. So you have no idea who has bought your books. Really? Unless no, you don't. Absolutely huh? not. Yeah. <laughs> so you you need to find a way to get those people back to your site because Amazon's not going to help you with that. Um, and uh, so you need to be really conscious and, and think about the pathway, like the journey back to your home base. I think that is something that people don't think about. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's so true, because even though, like you said in the beginning, you know, you wanted a separate source of income that kind of did it its own thing. But I mean, you have that and then your home base, your website, but still they need to interlap and intertwine. Like, so all the parts are moving together. Like, I, I love that. It makes total sense. Yeah, because a lot of people now find me on Amazon, they buy my book. It's kind of like that first touch point. Mm-hmm. And then once they come back, they nurture it through like my sequences, they go on to buy like my other digital products. I've got a membership that they join the membership. So it's you're not just leaving them there at the book. You're, right. you're kind of continuing that relationship, which is which is, I think, so important. Yeah, definitely. And you've sold over 70,000 books, right? Yeah, a little more now, but uh, but yes, I mean it's it's the the thing with Amazon is you don't want to be like it's not important to have the bestseller like tag or title. Mm-hmm. What is important is to continuously sell books every single day, even if it's a small number, even if it's like three books a day or four books a day. You know, you can see how this adds up over the month. Mm-hmm. And um, when you sell books consistently, even if it's a small number on a daily basis, it sends a signal to the Amazon algorithm that, okay, people are buying. So let's show this book to more people. And this is how you kind of snowball and more people find you. Mm. That makes sense. And so do you do any marketing to get them to Amazon or does Amazon do a lot of it or do you run ads or? Um, I do run a little bit of ads, mm. um, Amazon ads. I, I tried Facebook ads for books, but somehow it just didn't work for me, yeah. for the type of books I write. Um, so yes, Amazon ads, I do run. And um, anywhere that I get a chance to share about my books, I I, I do talk about them uh, because you, you think that people know, but you'd be surprised that even people in your audience don't really know that you have this book or that book. So just continuously see of ways to get eyeballs on your books. Mention it in your content, mention it on any place that you're on. So it's, it's all like a continual process it's with, with marketing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So and why don't you share your three titles right now so everybody can go to Amazon and find them? Yeah. So I, I have, like to date, I've got, I think, 11 books on there. Oh, I thought you had three. Um, I'm sorry. That's, no, no. That's awesome. That's even way better. Yeah. So I have, but 
yeah, but the, the ones that people usually find me for are the one hour content plan. Mm-hmm. Then I've got the other one, 300 email marketing tips and um, a, a newer one that I've published called Selling the Intangible. Um, so they vary in topic. So it really depends on what's on their radar. So if it's like email or content or digital products, then it really depends. So then these are the topics I usually talk about. And that's why I've got the, the books on that. I love that. And so in, I think too, like these are kind of almost like you're replacing lead magnets, right? With these books. Cause it, that's kind of content that would make me think of like a landing page, a free download, you know, and then kind of nurturing, but, and it seems similar, but yet so different. Correct. Correct. It, it's, it's pretty much like that. It's, um, it's, you're kind of like, um, getting your audience kind of like the right audience in and you're screening them. And so once they purchase your book, you know that they are interested in that pain point. They're interested in finding out more. Uh, And uh, yeah, I would say they are so-called people who are vested in wanting to know more. So uh, it it is kind of like a lead magnet. The book serves as a lead magnet. It's just that it's like a very small amount that you pay. And then once they get back to your site, these are people who are really highly engaged yeah. So I, I didn't think of uh, using it as like a lead magnet strategy, um, but um, it, it has just kind of inadvertently ended up that way. I love that. It makes total sense. And, you know, I feel like lead magnets, like they're great. And I do, I have some on my website and I feel like, you know, I've gotten some great information, but I almost feel like, you know, we're not that people are over them, but, you know, they've been around for a while. So I think people are looking Correct. for something new, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. And sometimes the the wrong lead magnet can actually do a lot more harm because you get lots of the wrong people in. Then you think your list is like huge and actually half of them maybe are not even interested to want to do business with you in the future or anytime soon. So yeah, so it actually does a lot more harm than good um, if you don't get it right. Yeah, that's it's totally true. And I know you're also an expert in email marketing. So like I was saying before, we're gonna have to have you back on so we can talk about all of that. Because um, I love how you mentioned, you know, like the newsletter, quote unquote, like that email newsletter, again, kind of similar to lead magnets has been around for a long time. And so yes. how to like adjust that, because that might be holding your engagement back, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. And when most people say, okay, let me send a newsletter out. I'm like, um yeah you know hold on first <laughs> newsletters are, they're great they're fun to write depending on how you structure it but if that's the only type of email you're sending then I would say you've got to rethink your strategy a little bit because it doesn't help very much with um to reinforce your brand or your messaging so so yeah I mean I, I can just get on my soap, soap box and talk for a long time <laughs> about this but but yeah, I mean, what, just one nugget if for your listeners who are kind of tuning in is if that's the only thing they're sending, I would suggest thinking about the different types of emails that they can send that are not a newsletter. Yeah. Mm. Yes, kind of like, and maybe, you know, I think a lot of people kind of run into the problem where not segmenting their lists, you know, and kind of making content specifically. It's just kind of like everybody's grouped into this one big group and that may not be how they came to interact with your brand. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, a- absolutely. So yeah, it's 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 basically like one big group all stuck together and you address all of them in your newsletter and you've got lots of different links, no specific call to action. And this is where you kind of lose people and you don't really 
they don't really take the action you want them to take. And then you're wondering, okay, why, why isn't this converting or why isn't that working? Right. It's, it's, it's because of this. Yeah. Right. Like, why is everybody unsubscribing? What did I do? <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Well, awesome. This has been such a, like, I, like I said, I love hearing about self-publishing and I think a lot of people are starting to become on their radar. You know what I mean? Um, because yeah. I just feel like it's getting more popular and, um, so I, I just love everything that you shared and you shared it in such a way that it's not intimidating, you know, and it's, it, um, just seems like something that we all could do, you know? Yes. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I hope that it wasn't intimidating. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, if it encourages someone to get on this path, if they're thinking about it, then yeah, I'm, I'm really, really thrilled. Um, because sometimes it can look very scary from the outside, but it, it just requires talking to someone who's been in it. Uh, and yeah, it's not that that scary. <laughs> yeah, to totally. About it. And where can everybody find you? Like, do you have courses on this? And yeah, just share your social, your website, how you know all of that good stuff, so everybody can connect with you and learn more. Yeah, so I'm at um, miracleton.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, usually there um, on Amazon as well. If you just kind of search my name, my books will show up. So. So yeah, check out Amazon since we spoke about that. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I'll, I'll get the Amazon link and I'll put that in the podcast notes so everybody can find it easily. Perfect, perfect. Thanks, awesome. Nicole. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. This has been so much fun. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to connect. Awesome. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Hey guys, I hope that episode was helpful. I just loved all of the information Mira shared with us. Um, I'd like to invite you to join our Bubbles and Biz Collective, which is a monthly networking awesome community. There's coaching in there. There's a whole course, um, a marketing course. So if you're wanting to improve your business with digital marketing, that's there too. Or I'd also love to be your CMO for a month. So you can learn more about that uh, on my website, nb.marketing. Um, yeah, it's a high level, high support um, guidance um, and custom strategy create creation for an entire month. So uh, let me know if you have any questions on either of those. And I hope you liked our episode. We'll be back next week.